This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Janai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. This is the Rope to Rope and Pillar of Post, very best of the best, Austin Lane, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the book. The trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube. Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, James J., alongside Scooter Dust. Wah wah, counting, po- counting to potato as always. And it is a great day for wrestling, because we are wrestling with. He is the best of the best. Austin Lane. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, it is the Rope to Rope and Pillar to Post, the very best of the best, Austin Lane. It is my pleasure and honor to be on here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. It is uh, a pleasure to have the best of the best on the show as well. Love that energy. And where can we find the best of the best doing what he does best next? Well, let's see. On social media, you can follow me at on Instagram at the real Austin Lane, R E A L, the real Austin Lane, uh, or you can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, Austin Lane, the number one, A U S T I N L A N E, the number one, uh, or you can also look me up on Facebook, uh, Best of the Best Austin Lane, and then, of course, uh, Smoking Hot Nikki Lane, my wife. Uh, she's also on uh, social media. Go follow her there. Uh, got what do we got coming up? I got a uh, Memphis wrestling coming up. Uh, we have a couple TV tapings coming up. We got uh, one, I do believe, we, uh, the Enzo Amore is going to be coming to Memphis here pretty soon. Uh, but, but you can find us on television, and of course, if that is not in your market, you can always find us on the YouTube channel there, Memphis Wrestling on YouTube, where you'll be able to find all the Memphis wrestling action. The Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Derby City Wrestling. I mean, you'll be able to find it all right there on YouTube at Memphis Wrestling on YouTube. You better check it out there. Our weekly show, it airs, of course, you can check it out anytime, but it airs every Saturday morning at 12 noon Central Time. So wherever you'll be at, it's 12 noon Central Time uh, is when each TV episode airs. All right. Uh, and your merchandise? Uh, you can, on oh, the merchandise, you, you should be able to go to the uh, Memphis Wrestling, uh, if you go to the, the Memphis Wrestling website, I believe it's uh, either MemphisWrestling.com or maybe ChampionshipWrestlingMemphis.com. There'll be a little logo there where you can click and go to the Memphis Wrestling store where you can find t-shirts, pictures, uh, they got DVDs, you can get tickets to live events and everything. We got an event coming up, uh, will be the uh, Minor League professional baseball 
uh, Memphis Redbirds are a minor league team of the St. Louis Cardinals in Major League Baseball. Anyways, we'll be there uh, wrestling night there at the game, wrestling there. And, of course, we do a lot of stuff with the Memphis Grizzlies and the NBA. We do a lot of stuff all over, uh, but you can, I mean, you want any of the merchandise, that's the best way to get it is just go right there. Of course, you can also go to Memphis Wrestling on uh, One Hour Tees, or Pro Wrestling Tees, excuse me, and uh, just click on Memphis Wrestling, and you can get some of their merchandise there as well. And you don't have to go looking for all of uh, Austin Wayne's uh, social media or merchandise in the description of the video below for our YouTube Alright, um, let's get into it. Uh, you work for Championship Wrestling from Memphis and United Wrestling Network. Can you tell us about your relationship with your company? Absolutely. So, the uh, United Wrestling Network, you know, a lot of people know of uh, mainly the two, I guess you would say, the the staples, the big flagships of those are the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, as well as Memphis Wrestling. Well, the Memphis Wrestling uh, the Memphis Wrestling has been a legendary uh, promotion for many years, back in the the territorial days, and we brought it back using the, the United Wrestling Network. You know, we're a part of the United Wrestling Network. It started out with the Hollywood show airing in the Memphis market, and then about two and a half, three years ago, Dustin Starr, who uh, hosted those and, of course, is, does stuff with the Grizzlies, the Redbirds, the uh, the television stations there in Memphis. Well, he decided that he wanted to transition from the Hollywood show into a Memphis show on television. So that's what we did. We, we transitioned. They, they still air the, the Hollywood show as well. So you kind of get that back to back. Uh, and then it just kind of transitioned to the Champs of Wrestling to Memphis, and now just straight up Memphis Wrestling. And you're actually a producer on that show as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I've been re I've been wrestling business for about 24 years, or uh, 25 years coming up. I'll, I'll hit 25 years in October, and you know I, I enjoy helping as far as leading a lot of the young guys and teaching. And that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wrestling. I'm an on-air talent as well as a producer. I help with uh, with the producing the show. And, you know, it's great to work with a lot of really talented individuals. Uh, and that entire team, that creative team, is really talented. And just being able to work with them and, and help a lot of the young guys, you know, tell their stories and how to, how to work a television product. And I mean, uh, 25 years in, uh, in October, I have to say, a uh, happy uh, pro wrestling birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very happy much. Yeah. And happy national <laughs> birthday a couple of days ago, no? Yes, yes. Uh, my actual birthday was on July 22nd. Of course, you know, you got the best of the best and the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, uh, both having the same exact birthday. I thought that was always really cool. That is. That's good company to keep. <laughs> Uh, absolutely I'm stuck with Jeff Hardy on my birthday <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty good one to have on your birthday as well it is yeah I'd say so you have a question yes now one thing uh, we love here on wrestling with is we always try to look for a bit of more personal connections uh, with our guests and I'm about to unload Quite a bit of information, so this has been repeated before our previous uh, interviews, but first off, Dustin Starr 
in my day-to-day job uh, is a client of my company. Uh, I am a caption writer uh, for a certain freelance uh, company, but uh, all the all the championship wrestling uh, broadcasting and videos come through almost almost. I want I don't want to say my desk because we're a group, but yeah, that that's one uh, relationship in terms of yeah you know, the United Wrestling Network and Championship Wrestling. Uh, second of all. A friend of mine used to run Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. A uh, man named Nick Bonanno. I'm not sure if that name is familiar. Uh, uh, he since moved to... Uh, he been picked up by the WWE and a producer for uh, NXT now. Um, and... Not to mention, I do have to say, Championship Wrestling from Memphis, from Arizona, and Hollywood, all air here in the New York market. Gotta love it. Let's get into my first question. All right. Let's start off with a little bit of levity. What'd you think of the Barbie movie? Yeah, I enjoyed yes. it. I mean, I, I've got two daughters and, and a wife. You know, I'm a girl dad. So, you know, they wanted to dress up. They dressed up as Barbie. I dressed up as Ken. Went to the movie. I wasn't expecting much from it, honestly. But I really enjoyed it. I did. I didn't know what going into it, what I, what to expect. But I didn't I didn't realize how much heart it would have. It would, it actually had a, quite a bit of heart. It was a, a really good story. I mean, I, I, I never would have thought... You know, 20 years ago, if someone said they were going to make a Barbie movie, I never would have thought it would have actually been, you know, it would have had so much heart and emotion to it. I, I didn't realize. I would have figured it would have been, you know, something like one of the, like the Emoji movie or that Minions was. or something like that. But yeah, it wound up, it was a very, I really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. All right. Kind of plan on watching that uh, at some point in the near future. All right, James, throwing it back to you. Yes. Now, you wrestled Nick Aldis for the 10 pounds of gold. I mean, obviously, the NWA Championship is one of the most uh, world-renowned, respected championships of all time. But what did it mean to you to compete for that championship? That meant so much to me. So growing up, I was a huge NWA fan. That 10 pounds of gold, whether it was Harley Race or Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair holding that, that was the title that, you know, I was, I grew up, I mean, yes, he had the the WCW title or the WWF title growing up, WWE now, uh, those are, were prestigious. But to me, that 10 pounds of gold, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship was always like the belt or the championship that I really considered the top of the game kind of deal. So... And for me, it was the first time that title was defended in the state of Missouri in many years. I believe the last time before that, if I'm not mistaken, it may have been Sting against Ric Flair. Or it was, 
I don't remember exactly who it was that was in the match that was the previous championship match in Missouri, but it was the first time in many years that it was defended in the state of Missouri. So it was always a really cool thing for that too. And wrestling someone that like Nick Aldis too, who to me brought, you know, it brought the NWA world. He brought the NWA world championship back to the limelight. I mean, he brought so much prestige to that championship and it meant so much to me, just even just competing for it. Uh, and it, it was just so cool. I mean, uh, even right now, I'm just thinking about it. I've got goosebumps on my arm right now. It just, it was so neat, and it was a, a dream, like a childhood dream. I guarantee you, my my inner child was just bouncing off the wall. It was he was giddy. He was remembering, you know, waking up Saturday mornings and and watching professional wrestling on television at my grandma's house, and it just brought all that back. It just meant so much to me to compete against him it was somewhat like a full circle moment no yes it was it was a full it really was it was a full circle moment for me you know from that point get my love of wrestling coming from that and, and seeing that championship on television and at live events to being able to to stand in the ring and you know to place my hand on that title and and at some at one point actually holding the title in my hand and competing it was so so cool because you, you get caught up in the moment at times that you know you're you're wrestling and you do it so much that at sometimes it's, it comes almost like second nature just like going through the motions or just over and over right. and it really wasn't like that with the nwe world title i mean i really stopped and savored the moment and just realized hey you are standing in the middle of the ring with the nwa world heavyweight champion competing for the national wrestling alliance world heavyweight championship i just stopped and took a big breath and just soaked in that moment all right uh scooter you have a question yes now very early on in uh your career uh one of your first uh matches was at a legend show uh, with legends like Bobby Eaton, Ricky Morton, Tom Pritchard, just to name a few. Uh, being relatively in the infancy of your career, you won a battle royal on that show. What impact did a win like that have on your career going forward? So for me, uh, especially being a student of the game, I always showed that respect and always appreciated, you know, that the road that I'm going down was paved by those legends. And being able to, even just being able to compete at one of those legend shows was, it was just so awe-inspiring. And for me, winning that the Battle Royal, I mean, it was, it was such a great moment. It's one of those moments that I'll never forget. And it's one of those that really launched my career because from there, you know, I believe the uh, the next legend show uh, after that, I was managed by uh, Paul Bearer. Uh, Percy Pringle, and actually defeated Jerry the King Lawler in a match with uh, the Boogie Woogie Man, Hansi Jimmy Van, as the referee. Oh, yeah, and that, I mean, oh. just, it propelled me. It, it went from just being one of the, you know, one of the up-and-coming indie guys kind of thing to it really, like, it seemed in the fact that I was a a person to, you know, 
to watch for a person that was going to make it in the wrestling business. And it, it to me, I still get people coming up to me now that are wrestling right now that said, oh, man, I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, watching you, you know, wrestling against uh, Kevin Nash or wrestling against AJ Styles or, or wrestling against, you know, beautiful Bobby Yeet. And, you know, I it was it's one of those where it propelled me and it, it showed the the wrestling fans that I wasn't just another wrestler, that I was going to be a major player. Uh, love it. Absol- absolutely love it. Uh, and uh, even at, and almost even uh, a month later after that uh, battle, Roy, you would you'd go on to win the uh, NWA Mid-South title, right? Yes, yeah. I, I went on to win the uh, NWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship on three occasions, actually, and then uh, eventually won the uh, NWA United States Junior Heavyweight Championship as well on two different occasions. So, yeah, I mean, it was one of those, it was a launching pad, I guess you'd say. It was a a really big launching pad for myself and my career going forward. And, I, I mean, I just, I appreciate, you know, the legends and the people that involved in that show to have that much faith in, you know, a young kid like myself at the time and really, you know, have that faith that I was going to be able to carry the load. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. Career certainly did skyrocket. I want, I would make a pun here about a certain wrestler's name, but I'm going to let James ask about it uh, <laughs> a little later or now if he so chooses. Well, I was just uh, getting into, um, you know, We've been talking about Memphis Wrestling, um, and there's no name more synonymous with Memphis than Jerry the King Lolo. And like you said, you have pinfall victories over him, and you had a series of matches with him. So what kind of yeah. experience was that like? You know, obviously the one of the biggest names in pro wrestling. Yeah, well, so Memphis Wrestling, like Jerry... The King Lawler, it, the, the name fits perfectly because in the, the Mid-South Memphis territory, he was the king, not just because he wore a crown, because he was the big dog. He was the yeah. draw, the, the ultimate baby face or the ultimate heel. He was the man. And being able to, to be in the ring with him, just just sitting under the learning tree and, you know, finding out, you know, different ways to do things, the, the why to do things, not just the how. Uh, he taught me so much in the ring and in the matches that we had with each other. And I remember uh, back in the, one of the matches we had, uh, uh, one of the guys that traveled with him, Guy Coffee, had came up to me and he said, I'm telling you, you made, you made Jerry Lawler look like he was 20 years old again <laughs> out there <laughs> one of the matches. Because, I mean, the story we told, he taught me a lot about telling stories in the ring and it was just so cool to you know i grew up you know watching memphis wrestling so every saturday morning i got up at my grandma's house i got a bowl of cereal and we tuned in to channel five and watched memphis wrestling and seeing the guy that i was watching always in the main event always you know right around that southern heavyweight championship and knowing that i was in the ring with him you know getting pinfall victories over Jerry the King Lawler, it was just, it was a surreal moment. It was almost like, you know, this is too good to be true. You know, a, a, you know, good old country boy from, from Arkansas should not be able to say that he'd done this. So it was an awe-inspiring moment for me. 
Scooter, you have a question. Yes. Now, of course, you have uh, said that you uh, work with your, uh, your your wife, Nikki. You call yourself the Lane Dynasty, uh, I believe, uh, if, if I'm uh, correct. What is what are the advantages of working with your significant other uh, in, in terms of being a wrestling talent? I know I did it and didn't exactly work out. And I know there's a whole uh, I got, I got a little like dark cloud over you know wrestling couples that uh, it's like don't don't like don't try but you and and Nikki seem to have all the love in the world how does uh working with her uh how how is it working with your significant other and uh how does it strengthen your uh relationship well with 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 me so I know there's a dark cloud and there are people who say, you know, it's, it's hard to work with your significant other or that yeah. kind of deal. It's never been that way for me. Myself and Nikki, Nikki is my best friend, my best friend in the entire world. We've been married for 21 years now, I believe. Uh, and awesome. yeah, 21 years together. We, we never fight. We never argue. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, you, they can't like, yeah, no, we really don't. We, we never argue. We, we are together. 24 hours a day. I mean, we are always together and she is legitimately my best friend. And we, it, it's so great to be able to share these moments, you know, in the rest of the business and to be able to work with her uh, because she's so talented. She's the first ever Memphis wrestling women's champion of all time. They never had a women's wow. championship in Memphis. Memphis was always, uh, you know, the Southern titles, Southern tag titles, they never had a women's championship. So when they developed the women's championship for this reiteration of Memphis wrestling, uh, Nikki was the first ever champion and she's a legend in her own right, you know, in the wrestling business and to be able to, to work with her. And it, it, it's so enjoyable that I'm able to go out and, you know, to perform uh, with my best friend with me, you know, the whole way as we're out there, you know, we're, we're out there performing and we're having fun and, and that kind of thing. Of course, she, she'll call me out if I make a mistake and, and, uh, I don't call her out when she makes a mistake cause she'll kick my butt, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, she'll call me out and Hey, you know, you should do this or, you know, she'll, she'll give me a, some, uh, some tips here and there and, uh, I'll give her some tips here and there. And it, it's just, it's wonderful. I truly, Honestly, I am blessed. It's one of those where, you know, you see people people that are even in different companies or they work the same company or on different shows or they're on the same show, but they don't get to do anything together. You know, you, you see this stuff with as talented as Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are. I mean, they their work together wasn't all that great. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great. And what me and Nikki's been able to do is we've been able to produce something great together. And it's, you I think you really can tell it comes across on television 
exactly how much fun we're having together and exactly, you know, that, that we are legitimately just best friends being able to work together. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Uh, you, you heard it here, folks. This is the blueprint for, you know, a, a, a an incredible, not just, not, not just a marriage, but, you know, a love story for all time. That's what I'm proclaiming it. Dibs, throwing it back to you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. It's it's amazing. I mean, she she legitimately is my best friend. I mean, we got two daughters. We have a grandchild together who's who we both love dearly. She she's one of those that helps me collect. I, I'm a huge collector of of nerdy stuff. You know, whether it's toys or OBHSs. Oh, we'll like I'm a huge like 80s and horror movies and all that kind of stuff. I have I have my she created my man cave which I'm in right now, and it's nothing but horror and 80s and superhero stuff. I mean, it, it's she she did the entire room for me. I mean, just, yeah, it, it's, it's it's amazing. I mean, we, we never fight. We're always, you know, we always have each other's back no matter what the situation is. It's one of those where they say, if they say there really is one soulmate out there for everyone, well, I found mine and I married her. <laughs> And uh, we'll get we're gonna get into the all that nerdy stuff uh, that teams and I love a little bit later. But Jim's gonna throw it back to you. Yes. Now you work for the old TNA, not Impact Wrestling TNA. Um, right. What was that experience like? And working inside the six sided ring. Right. So I was there. So it, it was at the time we were doing. Uh, we were doing the weekly pay-per-views in Memphis, or not Memphis, oh. in Nashville, Tennessee, at oh, the uh, fairgrounds. And then, of course, we were also taping Explosion, which was the uh, television show, the kind of the B show, I guess you'd say, that uh, before the show. So being able to go up there and work with them, uh, I was there the day that they put up the six-sided ring. So it was it was really crazy, and we were in there, and you know, kind of rolling around. And I remember Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, all those guys. You know, those talented X Division guys are in there, and man, it it was it is it's a different experience. That the six sided ring is a different beast altogether. It, it's a stiff ring, but uh, it's I, I enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't like it, didn't like working in it. it it's a stiff ring, it is, but you're able to create. You're, uh, to me, you're able to be more creative with six sides than four. I mean, I I, it, I don't have a preference one way or the other, whether four or six, but I, I do enjoy, like, what you can do with a six-sided ring, you know, just being creative and telling different stories. And it was it was awesome. It was an, it was an amazing experience of being able to work there. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is uh, he's such a nice guy, and, and he's – he doesn't get enough credit in the world. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys in the wrestling business. And, you know, he, him and, you know, we've even worked there at Memphis Wrestling with his dad, Jerry. Uh, it, you know, it was great to be able to listen and learn from those guys. And there at TNA, you know, I met some great friends. I'm still friends with this day. Elix Skipper, David Young, you know, I got to work a lot with Sonny Siaki. Oh. And it was just it was great. I met a lot of great people. It was great to work there. It was a. It, it's something that I will always be able to look back on and say, "Man, I I loved my time there." Uh, 
I had the pleasure of interviewing Jeff uh, a week or so before his uh, Hall of Fame induction. Uh, and yeah, you are absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct. He, uh, we we think of him a lot, but we don't necessarily give him a lot of the credit he actually deserves. Yeah, because he is. He, his dad was a genius when it comes to wrestling promoting. And Jeff learned so much from him. And, yeah, I mean, just the the things he was able to do. I mean, he was creating, and he was the one calling those matches with China. You know, when he made her look like a million dollars. I mean, he honestly did. He made her look like a million dollars. He has wrestled, you know, so many people. He made David Arquette look like he was Ric Flair before David Arquette. You know, has, you know he's paid his dues now. But, you know, back you know, in the WCW days, he made David Arquette look good. I mean, he he's one of those guys that Jeff Jarrett, you could put him out there with a broomstick, and that broomstick will be a superstar. Well, uh, you didn't mention, you know, some of the guys you wrestled, Christopher Daniels from um, TNA. Um, you wrestled him um, not too long ago, what was dubbed uh, the best power driver versus the best moonsault. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, it was a yeah, it was a Cape Championship, a CCW uh, pay per view on Fight TV. Yes, uh, I got to wrestle against Christopher Daniels. We did, and, and Christopher Daniels, he's one of those guys that uh, he is. I would put it this way: Christopher Daniels might be the smartest professional wrestler in the world, as far as telling story. He is so so good, and just being able to work with him and pulling back the curtain just a little bit, you know, just, just some of the, the spots that he called that he wanted to do and that I wanted to do, he made me look like a million dollars. And he was one of those guys that, you know, if you look back on it, he went, he won the match, but that wasn't his idea. He, he's, he was, he's one of those guys that get brought in and he's all business. He was, he's there and he's, he even asked, he's like, Hey, let, you know, let me let this guy win. Let me let put him over. Let's, uh, you know, let's make him. And, of course, you know, the, the story we were telling at CCW at the time, you know, we didn't need that. I didn't need the win, that kind of thing. So, you know, we wanted to, to leave the crowd happy. And he is so professional and so smart. It, I mean, to, even today, I mean, if, if there was one person, well, I'll tell you, there, there'd be two people. If there was two people that I would say, hey, uh, you need to go to the AEW and pick their brains and learn everything you can from it's Christopher Daniels and Jerry Lynn. Oh yeah, the best moonsault ever and the uh, the new effing show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yes, you know your Twitter bio says. Fear Factor Champion. There's got to be an interesting story behind that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, so uh, the Fear Factor. So we were in Orlando and they were doing the uh, Fear Factor live uh, events there. And my daughters thought it would be a good idea to have dad sign up and try to join. So they had a uh, so I, I went in, went to sign up and then. They were doing this. I guess it was kind of like an interview round where they were cutting down to who they were going to put on this show. 
So we, we, we go into it, and I everyone there is doing the whole, oh, you know, fear is not a factor for me. You know, I'm not scared of anything, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought to myself, as a wrestler, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm going to work these people. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give them something different. So when they get to me, I told them I, I told them my name. And I said, listen, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm terrified. And I was like, my, my daughter is wanting me to do, sign up for this, and I am terrified, but I do not want to let them down, so I will do whatever it takes to win kind of thing. And I was one of the people that they picked to do the show, get to do the show, and on it, it was one of those where I was the oldest one on the show. It was mainly like uh, early 20s and that kind of thing, and it worked to my favor because after the uh, first event, and I wasn't eliminated, uh, they they picked a, a, like teams for the second event, and the uh, person who had won the first event picked me as, as the, the person they wanted for their team and literally said, it's because he's the oldest, and I know I can beat him in the final. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, so I thought, I just kind of smiled, and I looked out in the crowd, I see Nikki, and Nikki kind of winked at me, and she's like, he doesn't realize you're a professional athlete. <laughs> so I thought, okay, we do this. And we, we, I mean, as good as he was, and, and then with myself, we blow through the second round, and we're, we're the final two, and we win, and it gets down to me and him, and it's a huge, like, this obstacle course thing to where we, I had to climb up a side of a building and pull off flags, slide down a pole, and then I ended up running and getting into a vehicle where they lift you up in the air and, and like have water pouring down on you. You got to get the flags while the car's in the air. And if if you could take and go back and look at it, I'd find the video. But I literally dominated the young kids. He didn't realize, you know, that I, I was an athlete. You know, all he seen was, oh, this is an older guy, and I dominated. I think I was I finished the event, and he still hadn't even made it to the car yet. And I mean, it it was one of those where it was a dominating win and i thought it was hilarious uh, my wife afterwards nikki's nikki was smiling ear to ear and she's like yeah as soon as he said that you were you were old and he could beat you in the final i knew you were gonna murder him <laughs> <laughs> oh i i, I ab- absolutely absolutely love it uh james yes now uh you mentioned earlier uh Beautiful Bobby Eden, um, one of the underrated wrestlers and all around nice guys in pro wrestling of all time. Um, could you tell us about your relationship with uh, Beautiful Bobby Eden? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you exactly how, how great of a person. First off, Beautiful Bobby Eaton is the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Oh, yeah. I don't know, uh, and and one of the greatest in-ring performers, period, of all time. He was so, so good. But my relationship with Beautiful Bobby, I've met him many times, many years ago, and we hung out so much and learned so much from him. But I'll tell you what, the type of person that Beautiful Bobby Eaton is, my grandmother passed away several years ago. And this was before, you know, Bobby passed away, of course. But my grandmother had passed away. And I didn't post about it. Like, uh, as a matter of fact, I do not believe there was even social media at the time. I don't believe there actually was social media at the time. So, Austin, 
I was at the uh, the wake, the visit for visitation for my grandmother. It was the day before the funeral, and we didn't call anybody, didn't tell anyone anything. It was just one of those where just basically the family knew about it, and that was about it. Well, out of nowhere, I'm, I'm up by the casket, uh, saying my last you know goodbyes to my grandmother, and I hear whispering. And someone leans over and they said, I think beautiful Bobby Eaton is here at the funeral home. And I said, what? And I turn around and I see beautiful Bobby Eaton standing in the hallway, walks straight up to me and gives me a huge hug. Didn't even know. I don't even know. I still to this day never found out how he knew that my grandmother passed away. But he came from where he was staying, which was hours away came all the way down to my hometown, to where I was at, to the funeral home, to hug me and to to be there for me. That's the type of guy that beautiful Bobby Eaton is, oh, or was. That's awesome. Oh my God, they're absolutely incredible. I mean, and talking about the person, I mean, that's an incredible story. You, you was in the ring with him as well. Yes, yeah, I've wrestled him many times. Uh, I've wrestled him as a part of the Midnight Express. I wrestled him one-on-one. I've wrestled him, uh, you know, many different ways. I do, I'll tell you a, a funny story about a time when I wrestled with uh, Bobby, and it was a, a show we were wrestling, and it was uh, it was Bobby Eaton and another guy against me and another guy in a tag match. And Bobby's one of those guys, you know, he, he, he was a veteran. He, he could lead anybody through anything. Well, the guy that I was tagging with, uh, I didn't know really well, and uh, he wasn't the best in-ring worker. And so in the the beginning of the match, Bobby is in there with this other guy, and the guy grabs, and he body slams from the wrong way. He grabs for a suplex the wrong way, and Bobby's trying to work with him and trying to put him where he needs to be. And and Bobby, you can see in his eyes, he had those big eyes, like, oh, my goodness, does this guy know what he's doing kind of thing? And I remember him like locking up with the guy and he spins him around and he brings him over to or puts himself in our corner. And he's like, hey, Austin, tag in. So I tag in and I get in the ring with Bobby. (laughs) I get in the ring with Bobby. Bobby uh, gives me a headlock and he leans down and he says, kid, don't tag the guy back in ever again. (laughs) He said, you stay in here with me the rest of the time. (laughs) And he's like, he told me, he's like, I don't want you tagging out. You stay in here with me. I know you know what you're doing. You're safe. Uh, you just stay in here. Let let the other guys work at each other. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it was so great. But he was one of those guys. He was so great in the ring. I mean, and he loved the fact that I I would take and you know he would tag in and he'd come in. He'd have me in a headlock and I'd back him up and I'd shoot him off and I'd say, "All right, give me that, give me that uh, swinging neck breaker," and I'd be fed right perfect for it. I mean, he loved the fact that I, I would even call his spots for him. And so, I mean, he's such he's such a kind guy. But I always remember that 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 match where the guy grabbed him the wrong way, you know, and it kind of scared him a little bit that he's like he kept grabbing him the wrong way. Oh, and Bobby Bobby comes over to me and he says, "Austin, tag in." As soon as I got in, he's like, "Don't you ever tag back out. You stay in the rest of this match." <laughs> oh, oh man! When you know when we're trained, you know we're we're. You know, we're we're shown everything specifically, and you know everything is designed to you know to make all of us 
look good in the ring. I can't understand how anyone could body slam the wrong way. I, you know, pick him up, hand on the hip, and just, uh, oh my god! But instead of but, you know, that would anger a lot of other guys, and they would probably shoot. Yeah, I mean, back in the, when I was when I was brought into the wrestling business, I mean, there was there was ways to even hold a headlock. I mean, you turn your wrist a certain way and you put yeah. that, the wrist bone against the cheek, you know, you can hurt someone. I mean, there was ways that people would, uh, you know, if, if you were, you know, getting injured in the ring or someone was being unsafe, that they would take it out on you. I mean, they would, they, they was, they protected themselves as well as the wrestling business. And I was brought up that way. I was brought up in the, uh, you know, the quote unquote shooter style. And, you know, it's just one of those, those things that you know you you grab a guy the wrong way you slam the wrong way and then you try to suplex him from the wrong side and i believe you tried to body slam him from the wrong side or something like that and it was one of those where it was like hey you know uh this is a little scary here <laughs> so he tags in and he's like austin you stay with me buddy <laughs> it was one of, and it was kind of, it was in a funny and it was kind of laughing he's kind of smiled and he's like all right kid you're going to be working a lot tonight because you ain't getting out of this ring <laughs> I was I was brought up in the you know, in traditional shooter style combination of a uh, little bit of uh, death match wrestling yeah. uh, thanks to you know my trainer's Pat Buck and Michael Ripper. Um, yeah. But you know the, everything they taught me still remains to this day. You know, I remember hooking someone trying to shoot the half, and I ended up ripping the guy's shirt off. Yeah, and a lot of people don't even know if I if I say something about hey shoot the half. A lot of people don't even know what that means. James, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do know, right? Oh yes, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay, <laughs> that's how we like it here. Um, yeah. Uh, you have a question, Scooter? Yes. There is a picture on your Twitter of the on the five star fan cam, and if I didn't know any better, I'd swear to God that was Road Dog. Have you ever been confused for Road Dog at any point? I have. Uh, uh, oh, not confused for. I actually got to tag with Billy Gunn. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe it was last year, or maybe the year before last. But I actually got to tag with Billy Gunn and uh, someone. It was at a Comic Con show, and we were we were doing the uh, uh, like kind of a, a, a one time you know New Age Outlaws kind of thing where I was you know with, with oh me God. and Billy and the guy we were tagging with we were going to be you know DX for the day or kind of thing, and someone came up to me and they said, "Are you Road Dog?" And I'm like. No, I'm Austin Lane. They're like, you look just like Road. And I think it might have been because of the fact that I, uh, you know, was tagging with Billy. I kind of looked like Road Dog a little bit. They they looked at me. They're like, man, you look just like Road Dog, Jesse James. <laughs> okay, I have I have to ask this because I've seen clips of Billy Gunn at a Comic Con. Were his yeah. sons there? His sons were not there. We talked about his sons quite a bit, but his sons were not at that one. That mm -hmm. one, uh, it, I believe, uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, I know Billy Gunn was there. Uh, I don't remember who all was there. Uh, there was it was a Comic Con in Tupelo, Mississippi. It, it was a Tupelo Con uh, that that we were at. But his sons were not there. We talked about his sons quite a bit, but uh, they weren't there at the event. I was about to say I was, I was going to ask next was Danhausen there by chance? And now I know it's not that uh, that particular clip because in that clip. Is I believe Little Dog is actually there behind him. In the in the time between before Road Dog was brought back as an agent, so just had to I had to ask that. Yeah, no, yeah, he wasn't there at that. If they weren't there at that event, and Danhausen wasn't there at that event. Danhausen, man, I love that guy. I am such a fan of Danhausen, his work. Uh, I know. I think I do. I know which uh, the one you're talking about. Yes. And yeah, I love it, especially the way he does the, uh, you know, the gimmick with the uh, the. Can you can you say the a word on here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the ass boys gimmick. I mean, I I, I, I love it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a yes, huge fan uh, of Dan Housen. I love every bit that he does. Very nice. Very evil. And uh, it's a the, the ass boys and uh, Billy Ass. Yes, I love it. Uh, all right. Uh, James, yeah, I'll go back. Yeah. Um, you were a druid for the Undertaker. What was that experience like? And working with WWE. Man, you guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so good. I mean, some of this stuff, I'm like, wow, I, they done their homework. <laughs> You guys are really, really good. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I give all the credit. Well, you guys are really good. Yes. Uh, so I was able to play a druid uh, for the Undertaker. The, the night before, I was actually a football player for, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Cedric the Entertainer was the guest host of Raw. Okay. So uh, the night before on Raw, I got to do that. I was a football player. Uh, coming out of the limousine with like the Bella Twins, uh, we had a, a goat, uh, a, a rabbi with the baby. Uh, it was a hilarious uh, spot. Uh, but doing the SmackDown uh, with the Undertaker, man, it was so neat. We were, uh, when they got us together, they said, "Okay, this is what we need you to do. You're going to be playing a, a druid. Uh, you're going to be carrying the coffin down to the ring. It's going to have Teddy Long in it." It was right around the time CM Punk and Undertaker were doing their their storyline, and they were building up to Hell in a Cell okay. uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship. So it was, I remember putting on the, the outfit and thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I've seen this so many times on TV. It is so cool that I'm going to be a druid. And, you know, the Undertaker comes up, and he put his arm on a, on my shoulder, and I turned around, and he's like, oh, my druids. And it was such a cool experience. And then, to be there, I mean, there's one. It's one thing to be able to wrestle in front of you know twenty thousand people, uh, but the moment when you're standing there, and I believe this was in, it was either in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma City, but uh, it was in Oklahoma. But to stand there and knowing that okay, I'm fixing to come out, and then that gong hits, that Undertaker music hits, right. and you start walking to the ring. It was nervous at first off because, you know, the, the black cloak they put you in, they put a, uh, a black, you know, kind of a mesh, like a 
mask over your face so nothing is, is seen, that kind of deal. And you're carrying a coffin. You don't want to drop it because Teddy Long's in there. And you don't want to trip. You know, the, the Druid outfit goes all the way down to your feet. And you're kind of nervous of that. But then you, you realize that you're walking down to a WWE ring. CM Punk is standing there in the ring looking at you. And you're walking down carrying a casket. And the Undertaker's music is playing Man, that was just so cool. I mean, I, I mean that it sounds like, you know, intense. Honestly, yeah, it was intense. It was one of those where, man, I, I don't. It, it's hard to explain. You know, it, it's kind of like an out of body experience. You know, it was so cool. The fact that you know I'm walking to the ring, and you're, you're nervous because you don't want to, you, you know, you're going to be that guy, you know, that on national television carrying Teddy Long in a casket, the, the one druid, no one ever was, but you'd be the one druid that would trip and fall and would be a, <laughs> an instant meme for the rest of your life kind of thing. But <laughs> luckily that didn't happen, but you're nervous about that. But then you, at the same time, it is, it's like an out-of-body experience. I mean, you hear the Undertaker's theme song, you know, that gong, that that music playing, and you walking to the ring, and 20,000 people, you know, the, the flash cameras going off, people just going crazy. It was, it's one of those, it's hard to explain how you feel in that moment, but man, it is, it was so, it was, it was so awe-inspiring. Now, was you thinking if you did actually draw Teddy Long in the casket, did you think he was going to pop out and say, now you're in a match against The Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. All right, player, you drop me, you're going one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. <laughs> and, I, and, and it was cool because, you know, there at Memphis Wrestling, we got to work with Teddy Long, you know, last year. He came in and done some stuff with us there. And it was it was so cool, you know, just kind of going full circle and being able to see him again, and and it was so such a great thing, you know. It I, I'm so thankful for everything. I'm so blessed for everything that I've been able to do in the wrestling business. A lot of people will say, "Well, you ne never, you know, wrestled on Ma uh, WrestleMania that kind of deal," but I mean that was never my goal. I, I'm to me, I'm one of those guys that is kind of like an artist. I want to paint my picture. I want to tell my story in the ring. And I would rather be able to do that on a smaller scale for Memphis wrestling, you know, for example, rather than, you know, going and telling someone else's story, you know, on that stage. To me, you know, I've done so much great stuff and I'm blessed for everything that I've done. But I'm one of those. I'm an artist. I'm, I'm, I want to be able to paint my picture. I want to be able to tell my story to as many people that will be able to see it. But, you know, to the level to where I'm able to paint the story that I want to paint. Right. And no, I absolutely understand that. And I actually really respect that as well. And, I mean, like, like you said, you've done incredible things not being on that stage in WWE. Um, another one that comes to mind is that you actually have a pinfall victory over Kevin Nash. Yes, I, yes, I did. Uh, and, and I was able to do that, you know, 
around about eight miles from my house. I mean, it was so close to my hometown and it was a huge crowd, you know, and you have big sexy Kevin Ash and he was, I mean, coming I'm almost straight off of the set where they were filming uh, the longest yard. And so I talked about that a lot with him. Uh, it was a two shot thing that we had with Kevin Nash and, so Kevin Nash, a lot. Kevin Nash over the years, some people have kind of given a, a, a bad reputation. I never saw that. Kevin Nash was such a professional. He came in uh, and did the he did the match with with us, and and literally came up with the idea of me winning, getting the pinfall victory over Kevin Nash to set up the next show. Which the next show he was uh, he was in a tag uh, against the two biggest heels, you know, for that company. Uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, at uh, Bancor South Center, and I was wrestling. I was the champion at the time for that company. It was a uh, Down South Championship Wrestling, and uh, I was wrestling Elix Skipper the next night. So uh, it was, you know, it was so cool to be able to to share the ring with him, but being able, you know, he him wanting to put me over, and afterwards, you know, having a beer with him, and then. The next night, me and Elix Skipper went out, and we had like a 30-minute match that was, you know, we, a barn burner. We stole the show. We won so many awards for that year. Uh, as far as uh, I know, the Indie Wrestling Review, like the match of the year, like in all, throughout the whole world, is they had ours. But uh, uh, that same night, I remember coming back to the back, and Nash had not gone out to wrestle yet. And he called us over there. He's like, hey, Austin, Elix, come here. Came back there, gave handed us both the beer and t uh, told the promoter, he's like, I don't know how the heck we're going to follow that. Those guys just stole your show. <laughs> it was so cool. I mean, just Kevin, you've been able to wrestle and get a pinball victory over Kevin Nash. And then the next night, Kevin Nash saying that me and Elix Skipper absolutely stole the show and there were, no one's going to be able to follow that. It was so, such a, a cool experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never heard a, uh, a, a bad story about uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, adding on to the uh, Undertaker mythos, uh, I heard a story, and the story told me by Alex Reynolds. Uh, the Undertaker liked uh, playing jokes on, you know, the uh, the indie slash enhancement talent, um, and back when. Uh, Loki was uh, part of NXT's Cabal, and they were doing uh, they were doing something with Michelle McCool and Layla, and they remember seeing the Undertaker like storming into the office, and the rumor was he was demanding that uh, that uh, Michelle not do something, but Michelle was being for uh, was going to uh, well uh, apparently you know do something that. In the ring, the Undertaker wouldn't like, uh, and, and Alex remembers being so scared to the point, and nobody nobody was in on this, uh, and he didn't reveal anything until the end of the night, where it, it, it just, you know, it, it's absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah. It, the, the things about you know the, the wrestlers you know we grew up with and we love that just it turns out that you know they, that they actually are human inside you know yeah. it's always a great feeling 
Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, being able to work with him. I mean, he's he's one of those where you knew that when when he came in, I mean, he had that he had that respect of that locker room. He was the you know the locker room leader for so many years, and I was I was there during that time, and you know the the amount of respect that man has, and he and rightfully so, he deserves every bit of it. I mean, he earned that respect. It, it was just it was so cool to see how how much he was respected in that locker room. Now, there's a, a name that comes up a lot in your match history, and that's Marco Stunt. Uh, with Stunt literally being his name, he's a practical, he's practically an evil Knievel. What's the craziest thing Marco Stunt has ever done in a match with you? Let's see. I've had a few. Uh, so, Marco, before the Joey Janela lost in New York, uh, the match that really set him on the map was a match with me. He, he was it was there in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and he was working as a uh, – it was kind of like just a comedy gimmick. He was working as a bodyguard for a uh, heel faction. And I told the promoter, I was like, hey, let me – next show, let me get Marco. Let Give me 15 minutes, put his first match – let me do what I want to do. I was like, and I promise you, I was still a show. We went out there and tore the house down. And legitimately, the crowd was going crazy the entire time. And they, at the time, they didn't realize how good Marco was and, and the stunts that he could do. And so, and he's a, a guy that was a, a, a really close friend, you know, been to several birthday parties. You know, he, he, do, he doesn't live far from my house and uh, uh, from where I live now and, and right right outside of Memphis, basically. But he, he I think the craziest things we've done, let's see, I try to keep him from doing too many crazy things because I try to I try to save his his body just a little bit. He's uh, <laughs> we did a ladder match to where uh, I had him. And it was my idea I came up with was uh, we had him. It was me, him, and another guy, and I had him straddled on the top row or in the corner. And I was in the middle of the ring. And what I would, what I told him what I was going to do is for the finish of the ladder match was I'm by myself. I'm the heel, and people are booing. I actually unstrapped. What I was going to do is I told him I was going to drop. Is I would unstrap the title, but I would not let the crowd see that it was fully unstrapped. And let it hang and let him jump from the top rope in the corner where I was going to place the ladder. I would be off to the side a little bit. And I'd have, I would basically, I would unfasten it for him and look like I'm trying to unfasten it. And I can't and have him jump from there all the way to the middle of the ring and to pull the belt down. Like I would, I would have it down far enough to where he could grab it out of the hands and win it. Uh, we, that one, came off without a hitch. Perfect. Uh, we, he had once where he, he came from a balcony. I guess it was probably about 15 feet in the air. 15, anywhere between 15 to 18. And he was going to do a, uh, a bunch off onto me and two other guys. And he overshoot all of us. <laughs> and I reached back and catch him with one hand. Of course, you know, I've, re I've been wrestling 24 years and have injured zero people. I've never injured anyone. I've hurt myself plenty of times. But I've never let, never had anyone injured in, in any of our matches. My matches, he jumps, over jumps all of us. I reach up, catch him with one hand, 
bring him down safely, landed and broke my hand <laughs> or broke my oh. wrist. <laughs> but he was safe. As long as he was safe, that's all I was worried about. I ended up breaking my wrist protecting him, but I would much rather do that, and, you know, instead of him, you know, injuring himself, you know, coming off of the balcony. But I, I caught him one-handed. That was pretty uh, – I was pretty proud of that, being able to stop him with one hand. But uh ended up breaking my wrist and ended up landing on it. But, you know, at least, it, at least you know, he was safe out of it. <laughs> but we've done some crazy things. I mean, we've done just, you know, the normal dives and that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, those are two of the ones that stands out to me. The latter spot to where he came from the corner, standing in the corner to the middle and pulled the belt while I was on the ladder, you know, just out of nowhere. You know, everyone was booing. They thought, okay, you know. The, the heel's going to win it, boo, that kind of thing. And, he, and all of a sudden, the baby face out of nowhere jumps from the corner all the way to the middle of the ring and in the air and pulled the belt out of the – you know, I had it unfastened so he would be able to pull it. And when he pulled it, you know, it comes down with him. So he's the, he, he's the winner. And that was a really good spot. Oh, man. You know, some point ago, James and I were talking about how we'd love to see a, a spot where somebody doesn't need the ladder to, to pull it down. Uh, and that, that, I mean... Yeah, that's exactly what we did. I mean, basically, I, I used the ladder to get up there, and basically all I did was I unfastened the belt so that, and then made it look like I, I couldn't get it off of the hook. Uh, or, you know, the, the ring, I couldn't get it off of that. So it's, you know, I still can't get it when, in all actuality, I already had it unfastened so that he would be able to jump from the corner all the way to the middle of the ring and grab it in the air, you know, however high up it was, you know, 12, 15 feet, however far it was up there. But he was able to, to get all the way up there and, and to pull the belt down. I mean, it was a great spot. I, I, I love being able to you know, do something different like that. I, I did a match, a ladder match uh, with a guy named Otto Bain here in Arkansas one time where we, during the course of the match, I believe we had like seven or eight ladders. And during the course of the match, we were, we were slowly but surely building a bridge to into the crowd without them realizing it until at the very end of the match when it all come together and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, it, it, this is like this contraption that was built. <laughs> and I remember, so he, the, the finish of the match, this is a bigger guy. Like, uh, you know, he's uh, not quite as big as The Undertaker, but a pretty big guy. And anyways, he, he had slammed me in the crowd, and he goes up on the other side of the this uh, ladder contraption that we had built, and he climbs starts climbing up, and I remember I come up, I springboard back onto a guardrail, walk down a ladder, up a ladder, down across another ladder, up another ladder, all the, all to reach up to him. And and the, the cool finish to that one, that ladder match, was uh, he, he did the Andre spot. So uh, me and him was fighting on top of the ladder. He falls off, lands on the ropes, and ties himself into the ropes. We both fell. But, but when I fall, I land back on you know the, the ladder going back toward the ropes. So I'm still on the ladders. And he falls down and he's tied himself in the ropes where his arms are, you know, contracted in the ropes where he can't move. And the crowd went crazy. And all I did was raise up, realize that he's tied up, that he couldn't go anywhere. 
And all I did was just basically raise up and pull the belt down, and the crowd went crazy. I, I, I love those creative finishes like that. And you mentioned, uh, um, you know, you have you've never injured someone uh, in your matches. You know, everybody wants to talk about accolades and titles. Never injuring somebody is an accolade and a title that a lot of wrestlers today should really strive for. Yeah, it, that's that's. I'm I'm so proud of that. That you know that. So many times, Jerry Lynn used to say that wrestling me was like a night off. You know, it was because because you know, you know when we were wrestling back in the day, I was wrestling you know five six times uh, a week, and you know you you needed to be able to, you know, to be able to wrestle the next day to provide food you know on the table for your family and be able to make the next show and not be injured and beat up and so you know being the fact that i've gone 24 years never injuring anyone that's that's you know bret hart can say the same thing you know never injuring anyone in all those years it, it's an accolade that i can be so proud of that i know that you know that no matter who it is i don't care who it is i, I guarantee you right now if if, if we saw like the rick flair's last match in uh, nashville a couple years ago i, I guarantee you I can set foot in the ring with Ric Flair today, and I, I can tear the house down with him, and he would never break a sweat. Uh, it's just one of those where I'm so I'm, – I'm, I'm confident, but it's one of those where I'm so proud that I've been able to say that, that I, I could literally go out there with anyone. I've wrestled against radio DJs, against you know basketball coaches, you know, uh, football coaches, you know, non-wrestlers, and being able to, to tell a story and, and have a, a good match with these these individuals and make them look so good. And the fact that, you know, they can say that they leave their ring in the same shape they as they w came into the ring, you know, that they're able to go home and, and spend time with their family and not be injured, it, it's just, that uh, uh, it's something that I can put. It's a feather in my cap. You know, it's something I can hang my hat on. Now I think that's a good segue into our next segment, and that is Austin Wayne's The Adventure. You're a pro wrestler that goes up and down the road and weird, crazy, and bizarre things Can you tell us a road story that could be understood? Alright, hold on just a second. I think, uh. Yeah, I think I've. Uh, give me just one second. I'm. Ready for you. Alright, now what, what was the next segment? Okay, so, um, can you tell us a, uh, a road story that is weird, crazy, and or bizarre? Okay, uh, say some bizarre ones. Uh,. So I, I did a lot of, uh, of road trips, uh, I, and to me, a lot of times what we'd do is is I would go to a certain area, whether it's Illinois, Chicago area, and I would hit, like Thursday night would have a show, or, or sometimes we'd be able to do a Wednesday, but a Thursday night show, and then the Friday night show, and then usually two shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. I would hit different areas, especially if there was a lot of, indie shows around those areas and <laughs> i mean I've, I've wrestled in some crazy places i do remember uh we had one time where we pulled up to a huge arena 
uh, and we, we go in, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this is going to be a really cool thing. You know, the outside of it looks like, I mean, it looks like it's something that would hold WrestleMania. It's this huge arena. Go inside, and then you realize that it's a legit rodeo place, <laughs> and, and there was, uh, it, it, there was, like, there was cow feces everywhere. I mean, we, we uh, dressed inside of, like, a, uh, uh, a horse barn or a horse stables. Each each uh, match was in their own, like, horse stable. And I, there, there's been some, like, weird locations like that before. I've wrestled at a uh, hot balloon festival. Uh, I believe it was in Illinois, uh, Illinois or Indiana. It was a hot balloon festival that was really cool, just having the, all these hot balloons. But as far as, like, crazy road stories, I don't have a lot of crazy road stories, I guess. I mean, a lot of the – some of the stories – uh, probably wouldn't be uh, good to tell uh, for some of the people that are involved in it, but we we've had some some great, uh, great you know stories on the road. I, I know that you know there's there's this they're saying you know you a lot of times I'm the wheel guy, so I, I'm the guy that drives uh, to most places. So I a lot of times you know I didn't. I didn't get to, to do a lot of the hanging out or the partying, that kind of deal, because I was always the, the wheel man. But I, uh, I remember, like, several times that we would go to – we'd go on these trips, and we would leave with maybe six or seven of us. And we've had a few times where we came back with less people than we left with, or we came back with more people than we left with. <laughs> that, Somehow, like I, I do remember one trip where I do not realize. I, I know we left with five of. Uh oh. Losing service. I think the service is getting bad here or something. Oh, uh, uh, we were going to believe the mid Midwest. We, we I do know we left with five guys from this area, but when we got back after about a week. We only had four people. <laughs> and so we lost someone along the way. <laughs> and I don't know if he, I, I, I don't know where we lost him, but uh, and to this day, I still cannot tell you who exactly it was. I do know, and that's one of those where back in those days, you know, we don't remember a lot of those trips, but I do remember you know, leaving, we did for sure leave with five people because we came back with five wrestling bags, uh, but we only came back with four wrestlers. <laughs> we lost someone along the way, and if you and if you're hearing this and and you're that guy, I do apologize. Call me and we'll come get you wherever you're at. I mean, it's been many years, but <laughs> that, that guy may have uh, he may have found him the love of his life or. Or found him a great job somewhere that to where he ended up wanting to stay where he's at. But I do know that we ended up coming back with less people that we left with. Yeah, after probably probably fifteen years, uh, it was probably fifteen years ago. He may still be on the side of the road waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic story, um, Scooter. Yes. Now, I believe you and I have a common love for Mountain Dew. Oh yes. Okay. I am a I am a huge uh, beverage collector. Uh, when when it's new or limited edition, 
I, I have to get it. And Mountain Dew is particularly uh, great, uh, great with those types of things. What is your favorite flavor that you've had so far? And I'm, I'm betting we've had a lot. And I know you've probably had Johnson City Gold. Uh, if you, if you uh, happen to know what that's, is that? What? Yeah, I think I've had that one. Uh, the the gold one. Yeah, I believe I've had that one. Uh, to, I mean, I guess uh, as as we are speaking, I'm drinking uh, Mountain Dew Voltage. That was a really good one. I like the Frostbite, the Baja Blast. Uh, and, and what I like to do, especially like in the, during the summer where it's nice and hot, that kind of thing, I like to put mine in the freezer and let it get kind of slushy. And then when you open it up, you know, and, and it's so cold that it almost burns your throat going down, that kind of cold, that is, that's that's the ideal temperature for me. I think my favorite right now, right now would be Frostbite. It's the uh, blue one. I believe it's a, that one is a Walmart exclusive. It's got the shark on it. That one's probably at the top of the list. The, the voltage that I'm drinking right now, uh, I love that one. The Baja Blast, really good. Uh, Live Wire. I believe I've tried the gold. I think the gold one uh, I, I've tried as well. And, of course, the, the Baja Blast is also has uh, different offshoots of that one as well. They've got a, a like a mango one and a, a different kind of flavors from that flavor. Uh, I've tried those. Well, those are really good too. Yeah, I, I think I'm all like you are. Yeah, big fan of the Mountain Dew. The the different ones like that. Uh, probably not good for me to drink so many of them. But <laughs> I run a little bit extra. You know, I do a little more training in the ring to, to make up for it. But because I've I've got to have my I, like the I call them. I tell my wife I want the Blue Dews. I want the the Voltage. Uh, the, the Summer Freeze. That one came out this summer. It, it's kind of like a the red, white, and blue popsicle on yes. it. Uh, that uh, one frostbite. Yeah, the blue dudes. I think right now they're at the top of the list right now, but that could change. You know, next month it, I could. You know, Baja Blast might move up to this top spot again. But it, it's always a rotating thing. But I, I you know, I love the blue dudes. Uh, uh, here in uh, New York, uh, uh, our main staples are uh, our, our voltage, uh, code red. Um, and and Major Melon has uh, uh, become a regular. But yeah, Major Melons, the Code Red. Yeah, I love both of those. I, I got uh, actually right here in the fridge. I'm looking. I got I got Code Red. I got the. Uh, uh, I don't have the Major Melons. I don't have one in here. I guess I drank all of them right now. But I got the 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 different blues, the the Baja and the Code Red all in the fridge right now. Uh, now in my. Did you have the flaming hot Mountain Dew? Which one is it? Flaming hot. Have you ever? Yeah. The oh, uh, yeah. I have not tried that one. I, I've I've seen it. I haven't tried that one yet. Is that one pretty good? Uh, not good things about it. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't need to try that one. I, I looked at it and I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't know, because I like the, you know, I like it really cold. So you know, the flaming hot. I thought about it. I'm like, it'd be kind of like taking one of the flaming hot. You know, Cheetos and freezing it or something. You know, I don't know if it would work that well. Um, now, uh, on my trip uh, to uh, from uh, Birmingham to Branson uh, two years ago, I came across uh, all the uh, the Baja offshoots. Uh, 
they're Dollar General exclusive, if I uh, remember uh, correctly. Like Baja Rush, Baja something else. But my two, the two favorite flavor, oh, not favorite, but I think the two flavors that defied expectation were Mountain Dew Snapped and Mountain Dew Fruit Quake. I have, I have not tried the fruit cake, uh, fruit quake. Uh, I seen that one. Uh, I don't, that one I seen on a road trip. The uh, snap like the the fruit quake. I believe it was on a uh, road trip, uh, maybe a few months ago, I guess, uh, or it might have been during the winter time. I remember seeing it and I took a picture of it and I sent it to uh, uh, one of my uh, a bunch of us. Uh, like a, it's a, te a text thread with a lot of wrestlers on it. And, uh, and I sent it to him like fruit quake, like fruit cake. I'm like, has anyone tried this? And I and no one had tried it at that point. Uh, yeah, I seen it. I didn't try it, but it, you said it was pretty good. Oh, it was. It was like you wouldn't believe that it was. It was. It's supposed to be fruit cake uh, inspired. It was. It was nice and sweet, and had a little bit of that almost like clove spiciness at the end so it wasn't so strong uh but the the snap gingerbread flavor mountain dew which was completely clear first of all yeah like i'm a, yeah I'm, i you know i have a yeah you know, i was drinking crystal pepsi you know back when you know in the you know early you know when it first came out i mean I was, yeah i love i love the crystal pepsi oh my god and when it came back you know every time I, I I bought it out, you know, um, the new Dr. Pepper uh, that's coming out, the strawberries and cream. Uh, that's, that's something new. But the fact that this is gingerbread, and I hate gingerbread of any other kind. This was, oh, my God. It was absolutely, if I, if, who knows what flavor that they're going to have this Christmas. Um, I know we had red, white, and dew. Uh, which was a combination of code red, voltage, and whiteout. Uh, yeah, whiteout. Um, yeah. And um, what's, uh, what's the one from Buffalo Wild Wings? Sweet Lightning? Um, but my Mountain Dew Holy Grail, even though they, they don't make it anymore, is that Johnson is Johnson City Gold because that's supposed to be the original Mountain Dew before it really became Mountain Dew and when it stopped being moonshine and was more of a cut it was more of a you know, beverage to be consumed uh, by yeah. others. Now I personally don't uh, I know they have the hard flavors out now. I personally don't uh, consume them, but uh, how was the uh, hard Baja Blast Zero Sugar? Uh, how was the hard Baja Blast Zero Sugar? It was it was good. It, I mean, it, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I mean, it was one. Of, it, I was surprised. Should it have had sugar? <laughs> Do what was it? Should it have had sugar? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Everything's better with sugar, right? Clearly, yes. 
All right, James. On to a controversial, uh, controversial subject. Pineapple on okay. pizza. What's your stance? On which on what was the subject? Pineapple on pizza. What's your stance? Oh, uh, I, don't, I mean, to me, I've never actually eaten the pineapple on pizza. So I can't decide. To me, I don't know if. Surely, I mean, there, there are, there's like banana peppers are pretty sweet. I mean, to me, I've, I've had dessert pizzas, like chocolate chip pizzas. So, I mean, and I enjoyed it. But, I mean, to me, I haven't actually tried the, the pineapple on pizza. I, I need to try it so I can actually get an informed opinion. But to me, I mean, I would say that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't choose pineapple on a pizza. To me, I'm I'm a, a a meat and cheese kind of guy. You know, I I, I love the the breakfast pizza, like the bacon. I like you know classic pepperoni. Uh, to me, I wouldn't choose <laughs> I wouldn't choose pineapple on a pizza. But I guess if people like it, and uh, some people do, uh, I, I guess I wouldn't say that it's wrong to put it on there for you know kind of thing, but. I wouldn't put it on there myself. Okay. And what's your spirit Pokemon? I don't. I actually, I've never collected Pokemon. I never have. I, I, and I've. Ne I haven't even seen the movie. I, I heard the movie was really good. That Detective Pikachu. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I've never. I honestly have never. Uh, never played, never watched Pokemon. Uh, I'm more of a like to me, uh, you know, the stuff that I collect is uh, there's a lot of 80s horror, 90s horror, uh, Stephen King, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and then 80s stuff like the Back to the Future. I've got an Exorcist uh, pop figure of Reagan signed by Linda Blair. I mean, I collect stuff like that. Ghostbusters. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I never got into Pokemon at all. I never have. So, I, who, who do you think would be my spirit Pokemon? Ooh, that's hard. Um, Scootle. You gotta at least make me like one of the cute ones that that you know grows up to like be like a big monster or something. You know, it, it gotta be you know bring you in with the sweetness and then be like a big monster kind of thing. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say possibly uh, Machamp uh, or Macho. But, uh, yeah, you you have to you have to you have to send me uh, send me like a picture of him, and I'll uh, I'll post him as, as that y'all uh, that he'll be my official spirit Pokemon. Alright, I think uh, if we're going with sweet and then mean, then Charmander to Charmeleon is obviously. Um, I see. I have heard of uh, of him. I, I have heard of him. Uh, I've heard of you know Pikachu. I've heard of uh, Charmander. I've heard of those guys. Uh, I couldn't uh, now Pikachu. I could pick him out. I could tell you what he looked like. Uh, so yeah, you you have to send me a picture of him. I'm, I'll, I'll post him online as as that you guys have officially made him my spirit Pokemon. I will do that. All right. Um, now we love the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym 
Yeah, the, yeah, Tracy Smother. Oh man, I love Tracy Smother. I got Tracy Smother stories. The the T H U G, the thug himself. Yeah, Tracy Smothers. There, there's an old saying a lot of his wrestlers would say. You know, if you get in there with Tracy, Tracy tells you, "All right, listen, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get in there. We're gonna start slow, and then we're gonna taper off." <laughs> and he'll tell you, like, listen, if you think that we're going too slow. Slow it down. <laughs> I love, man, Tracy Smothers, he, I love him. I love, love Tracy Smothers. And, and you know, Jesse Bell Smothers, one of my really good friends. Uh, love her to that sweetheart. Uh, Mickey Knuckles, you know, when she done the, the Smothers uh, daughter gimmick. Good friend of man, Yeah, Those guys, I, and I love Mickey Knuckles. Uh, Mickey Knuckles, I've known her. Me and her used to, uh, we, we would do customs wrestling. And she and I would be outside of the ring, and anytime like two wrestlers were having a match, and me and her would make all these obscene gestures and faces and try to get them to crack them behind the camera. Mickey Knuckles is such a sweetheart. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Love one of our uh, one of our favorite guests on the show. One of our most memorable. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Knuckles is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, we're trying to keep the memory of uh, Tracy Smothers alive on the show as well. So thank you so much for that story about Tracy. Absolutely. Tracy Smothers, yeah, he taught me so much. Such an amazing person, wrestler, everything. He And he was another one of those. Like the Armstrongs and the Smothers, you know, they, they were so good in the ring. And... Guys, a lot, a lot of uh, people, fans nowadays don't realize how good those guys were. I mean, they were just so amazing. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, on to the weirdest question you'll be, you'll be asked on a wrestling interview. Would you ever consider wrestling a rap? Not Dwayne Johnson, not the country, an actual physical rock. In rock, a rock, a rock, a rock. Think about one that uh, you'd use to line your driveway, like a hide a key rock. Yeah. Would you? So would I, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Rest, you mean wrestling on rocks or wrestling against a rock? Against a rock. I would wrestle against a rock and make the rock look like the rock. <laughs> I guarantee you, I, I one of the, I, I, I would, I've prided myself on being able to make people look better than they, they ever did. I guarantee I'd take a grant, a, a rock, a stone, a pebble, whatever it is. I would make a rock look like the rock when it's all said and done. Well, just for context, there is this wrestler named Psycho Mike that wrestled an actual rock for over 15 minutes in a tungsten man match. That's an on man match. Got matches for two weeks. Wow! Yeah, that, 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 I gotta check that out. I have to look up, look that up after we're done here. <laughs> send it to you. Okay, yeah, send that to me. Yeah, I want to see that. That'd be, I, 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 I've seen it all. I've seen the Invisible Man, you know, versus the Invisible Man. I, I mean, I, I've seen Kenny, o, you know, Kenny Omega wrestling against a blow up dog. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, we, we could do it. Like a four-year-old, 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's uh, just get into the speed round. Um, it's time for the eight questions of Doom. Dun, dun, dun. This is the speed round, the bonus round, the round where we see who you really are. Are you ready? All right, okay, I'm ready. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Jerry Lynn. Worst wrestler. Ooh. Uh, I, I can't think of a worse one. Pass. I'll, I'll come back to that one. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna pass. We're not gonna give him the default here. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? Shawn Michaels. If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? The Rock. Finish the sentence. K Fabe is alive and well for some of us, dead for others. We also would have accepted is quite good on toast. <laughs> there you go. Squash, vegetable or fruit. Vegetable. It is indeed a fruit. Oh, oh I, I got that, that wrong. Yes, tomato logic. It has seeds. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Japan wrestler Tai Chi. His ring joke gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate chunks of butt cheek ratio for ring Uh, To me, I guess it would be anywhere between 33% of your body covered to, uh, I wouldn't go any higher than like 75% covered. Okay. All right. And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know. Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen? No, never have. I've never had a, a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen. I would if someone uh, were perceived to ask, but I, actually, I think I may, next time I go to a supermarket, I'm just going to go up to a stranger and ask them if they've seen Darby Allen's last match. Yeah. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to film it, too. And when you do, please send it to me. I will. I'm going to, I'm going to go... To a complete stranger, someone I do have not know who it is at all, and I'm going to walk up to him and ask him about Darby Allen's last match. All right. Once we receive the clip, we will retire. And of course, that, <laughs> is the, that is the correct answer, and that will conclude this interview. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. Oh, thank you so much, Austin. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was an honor, a pleasure. I loved it. Absolutely. Uh, enjoyed every bit of it. You guys are really good. You guys are knowledgeable you do your homework <laughs> you are really good I, I was extremely impressed yeah so anytime you guys holler at me and, and uh, i'll come back on anytime you want absolutely and uh, we'd like to keep it interesting for our guests obviously uh and absolutely once again where can we find all things um austin lane on social media on social media, you can find me on at Austin Lane One, the number one on Twitter. Uh, the real Austin Lane on Instagram. Best of the best Austin Lane on Facebook, or then you can also find us on YouTube at Memphis Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, of course, you can YouTube any of my matches. You can see myself against Ricochet, or you know a few others, that kind of deal. But just make sure to follow us. And a lot of times, I follow you back, and 
as long as you're not posting like weird, crazy stuff, I'll follow you. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I'll follow you back and interact with people. I love to interact with people. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, people post up to me and I don't, I, I just ignore it or, you know, I try to take time to go through everything and, and interact with people. I, I want to know what you think. I want to know. I want to interact, 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 excuse me, easy for me to say, uh, with my fans. Uh, and you don't have to type it into Google, Google machine. All the links to all the social media will be in the description of the video below for on YouTube, CastBox. You have no excuse. Buy a damn shirt. Of course, if you like Actually, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor, a pleasure. Nice to meet both of you. Uh, holler at me anytime you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back on here anytime whatsoever, and I'll send some. Uh, I'll send some guys your ways too. If you want to get get some interviews with different people, I, I can send them to you. Absolutely, throw them my way, and I will. Uh, we will bring them on. Uh, until uh, yes, thank you guys so much. It was an honor. I appreciate it so much. Of course, uh, thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, put on YouTube chat box. This is sponsored by Real Energy and Thermal Coffee. Uh, join us tomorrow as we interview Jack Hallows and join us every Tuesday and Wednesday on uh, YouTube and chat box for new incredible interviews. Uh, follow me personally at JamesJ993. Uh, follow so at Wrestling with E for on Twitter and Instagram for information at Google interview and when we're interviewing them. Links to those interviews and so much more. Find me on X at Scooter Dust. Keep an eye out for social medias for the next remix. I promise it's coming back soon. And of course, revel in all my Dungeons and Dragons antics, along with Rico Constantino Jr. and the rest of the Smoking Dragons clan, Twitch.tv, back to Smoking Dragons. For our special guest, Austin Lane, Calico Yacht, Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling With Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.